Yate! Welcome back to Clagato Veteran Podcast. This is episode four. And on today's episode, we'll be taking time out to introduce ourselves a little bit more. We'll give you a little bit more background on who we are and why we're doing this podcast. Then after that, I was thinking of doing an improv commercial about the COVID-19 masks. And then finally, we'll move on to a more serious subject of Black Lives Matter. And then we'll do um, some nasty talk about the lack of sexual education on the Navajo Nation. And finally, the benefits of being a nonprofit or having a nonprofit group. And I am your host, Mateo Native Ravager. And I'm Navajo Pedro, back like a vertebrae. So, Navajo Pedro, Studis. Scotland. Well, let's start off our first subject of the night by introductions. For me, I am a Kia'ani, born for the Nakai Dene, and my Che's are the Twitchitnis, and my Nulles are the Twitsohnis. And um, I'll let Navajo Pedro introduce himself in his Navajo uh, clan. Pedro, or Navajo Pedro in She, um, Twitso in Schle, Kathachini, Bashishin. And um, those four, the first one I said was a Big Water Clan, and that is my mom. And then um, my dad is the Red House Clan, Kentlachini. And then uh, followed by my grandpa, he was a Chinajini, and that's the Black um, Street people, Black Wood Street people. And then um, the fourth one was Hushklishni, and that was my my dad's dad, my Nelliman, and that one is basically the mud people. Alrighty. Yeah. All right. Cool. So <clears throat> those are our clans, and you know, as most Navajos know, that's how you're supposed to introduce yourselves. But mm-hmm. with episode, with episode one, we just really wanted to get into the subject matter of uh, this COVID nineteen pandemic, and um, well, the pandemic, <laughs> as we were saying. So right now we are in a say two or lay to in Clagato, which is basically meaning, you know, water underneath the ground, which is where they got the the name from. And the well exists over in um, Clagato and pretty much the heart of the community. So um, anyways, as far as um, our backgrounds go, me and Navajo Pedro, we've um, pretty much, the reason why we're doing these podcasts is because we just got so sick and tired of having other people write the narrative for our lives and since we're living in the, in the year 2020 I mean can you believe we're in the year 2020 um, we're still living like we're back in the 70s and back in the 60s and progress hasn't really been much out here on the reservation other than if you have the money to start a restaurant you can do it but with all that you know goes into politics so which we try to stay away from but we have to also educate ourselves we can't be too ignorant about it for me, um, doing the podcast was just another way to answer the question of what I was seeing on Facebook since the pandemic started. A lot of people were saying, why don't you Navajos just wear masks? How come you can't stay home? And it's not an easy question to answer because when you think about it, it has to be broken down into many aspects of the uh, the mind and you know, just the way the tribal government runs. And the tribal government, um, the way it runs is like when they say children are are a reflection of their parents. Well, us Navajo citizens out here on the res, we are reflections of our tribal leaders. And if they're not, if they're just wasting their time going to traveling jobs or going to Las Vegas, like what Navajo Pedro said in a few episodes ago, you know, the, that shows that, you know, they're not really serious about us. Now that the chant has hit the fan, everybody's kind of really looking at what it is that we're working with now. And, and what this pandemic has done, even though Fauci and Gates and then World Health Organization, CDC, all those guys, even though they tried to scare the American public, what it really had done was um, shown the... Uh, the flaws and the cracks within our Navajo Nation government and the system that 
It's supposedly supposed to be helping out. And now there's no hiding it no more, which is great, you know. It, but it, it sucks that it has to take this type of a, I don't know, this, this type of a crisis, if you want to call it that. But um, for the most part, um, the other thing that I'm trying to do with this podcast is to show people when that second wave of coronavirus comes, like, like the people who are in control are, are predicting it to us, you know, we will be ready for it. And um, for me, I just want to say that to answer a question of why you Navajos are not wearing masks or why you're not social distancing... It's very, it's a very complex answer because you'd have to understand the people themselves. Myself, I'm more of a city boy, but I do understand, you know, the reservation people, how they, how they live. Because just like any other Navajo, you know, you live on the reservation, off the reservation, in the city, on the res, you go back and forth. So I really have no excuse not to say that I don't know what they're talking about on either side. And um, the other thing I wanted to say about that before I let Navajo Pedro have his, his say is that I'll give you two examples of what I've seen so far since this pandemic started. Um, there was a, I was at Lowe's over in Window Rock and um, I went into the restroom to, you know, just use your urinal. There was a guy in the, in the bathroom stall. After I finished using the restroom, I, I went to go wash my hands, you know. And then I heard the guy flush the toilet bowl. And so, you know, I was just expecting him to walk up and there was two sinks in the, the, uh, the soap dispenser had soap in there. So I was washing my hands and this Navajo cowboy guy, he walks by and he just, you know, runs his finger through his hair, he opens the door and he walks out and this dude did not wash his hands. So the other example is I was at Walmart and, um, same thing. I went to use the restroom and then there were in the bathroom stall, the furthest one, the handicapped one. When I was washing my hand, the toilet flushed, and then uh, I heard this cowboy, Navajo cowboy, walking towards the, um, you know, start walking towards the exit, and then, and I didn't pay too much mind, or I didn't pay too much attention to him, and then next thing you know, what does this dude do? He just walks out. He doesn't even wash his hands. So, you know, taking those two guys as an example, that's the reason why Navajos don't really wear their masks is because. It's, um, it's a cultural thing, plus the way those two guys were raised, you know, and even if I did tell them to wash their hands, you know, I know they would get defensive, but I'm in no mood to fight anybody, especially at Walmart or, or Lowe's, you know, it's kind of, kind of silly for me to be in that type of situation, but it's that type of an example, which is why I would rather give my answer verbally through a podcast rather than write it on someone's Facebook page or Facebook wall or whatever because they'll never hear my tone they'll never hear the example I'm giving they may take it as uh, you know like I'm, I'm disrespecting them in a way where I'm being sarcastic but it's really not I'm just trying to state the facts that it's not that easy to convince people to do something that other people find easy and like I said, the reason why, just the psychology, the mentality, and then plus our leaders by example, that's just, you know, that's just how that, or that's how I see it. And um, for now, you know, that's pretty much what I want to say about that. And uh, Navo Pedro, he's going to explain why he wanted to be a part of this podcast and explain his side of the story. All right, cool. Well, the reason why I want to do podcasts is because, you know, I mean, I'm always up for anything. I'm always, you know, I mean, I'm always down to try something once, you know what I mean? And this is just basically, it's just an extension of who I am, too, basically, because, you know, I mean, I'm really creative. And this is one outlet instead of painting or drawing or, you know what I mean? All those are expressions. They can be used to, you know, make a statement, make a shirt or something. Um, but this is just taking the extra step and it's also creating you know which I like to do and I'm pretty good at you know naturally and um that's that's the reason why this podcast is you know it's, to me it's just a no-brainer you know I mean, it's just something to do it's for me it's fun you know what I mean and it's just a good way to let your thoughts out too you know what I mean and like Mateo said just to be heard you know I mean, instead of just some um, wishing you know what I mean you could do something or change 
this is a good step of doing that because you know what I mean <clears throat> you're you just you can tell someone you know what I mean you don't have to write it down just replay it I mean you're, that's that simple that's to me there's nothing more simpler than this you know what I mean just talking into that and then just getting hurt and then what's so hard about that you know what I mean what what's so hard about going doing your own podcast about something that matters to you why not be heard about something that's important to you Especially if no one's listening too, you know, and this is a good way to be amplified and be heard, you know, and like basically all over the world. And, you know, that this is just something like I mean, we naturally jump on, you know, in arts and media and stuff like that I like to mess around with. And then I believe your other one was, um, oh, why they don't wear masks, why Navos don't wear masks was, the thing I can basically say is, um... The only thing I can say, basically, is just out of being human, being Navajo, it's just stubborn and ignorance, you know what I mean? A lot of people, you know what I mean? Like, some people, you know what I mean? Not everyone, but some people don't believe in this virus, and they don't think they can catch it, and they don't think they can get it, you know? But, um, you know, when it happens to your own family, kind of, like, changes your views on it. But regardless, you know what I mean? Through any pandemic or any... Con- any kind of disease, you know, I mean, it's always wise to always wear a mask and clothes and always be, you know, good, have good hygiene, you know what I mean? And that's, that's the only thing I can say for this is just, you know, it just depends on how um, these people were raised at home, you know what I mean? Some people, they even have a mom or anything. They had a mom, but the, even if the mom was there, the mom didn't teach them anything, just yelled or whatever, you know what I mean? But, I think it mostly falls on just how they're raised, how they're brought up. You know, if they're raised with grandma, more than likely they have manners, they're polite, you know, they have respect. And if they're raised by their dad, maybe, you know, I mean, the dad, you know, they they probably, like, know how to barely get by, you know. And just, like I said, I think it mostly depends on just how um, they're raised and, and also um, ignorance, too, you know, I mean, because... No one likes being told what to do, you know what I mean? And when you're told to wear a mask, you know what I mean? Forced to wear a mask, it's kind of goes against our human nature. I mean, it is in our human nature to rebel against things like this. So, um, but I think that's the main thing that I can say about this, about Navajo not wanting to wear masks is mainly because, you know what I mean? Some people just don't want to, you know what I mean? And that's just how Navajos are. They always have to find something to, you know, go after and get mad about but you know we're all in this together and this is basically the best way to fight it so that's all i'm gonna say about that and hopefully um we'll get this to through this together and you know by wearing face masks that's gonna help a lot so ashana stay safe you guys okay um so we're gonna get into the other subject we wanted i want well actually we wanted to talk about was um our background and the reason why we're doing this podcast is, you know, basically we're just trying to keep everything raw and real. Um, I don't really want to be having it sounded like too much, like it's been polished too much. Like we had a script this whole time and that's what we were following. And mostly I just wanted it to be like a real raw feeling that you would kind of listen to me and the Navajo Pedro's voices. And it would make you wonder and you'd be like, thinking oh yeah you know this is this is some real stuff but anyways so what I guess in a way what qualifies us to do something like this is that we have a background in um I guess you could say acting um we back before this is way before the coronavirus but we know people who who are in the film industry and they would say we need some background extras and and I, I went to a few of them, and then after that, I um, was thinking, this is, it's great, you know, it was awesome. I'm, I'm not saying nothing bad about the production or the actors or anything, but it was just, there was something missing, and that was family and friends. And finally, one day, when I had a chance to come back out to Clagato, I asked Navo Pedro, hey, man, you want to be a part of uh, a filming uh, production they need uh, some background they need some native guys and he was he was in for it you know him and a couple of other friends so we went to Albuquerque you know we spent a night at my dad's and then next morning we got up and we went to um, Longmire and 
that was the first time I had ever seen a Lou Diamond Phillips in person, and uh, that's the first time these guys had seen Lou Diamond Phillips in person. So it was pretty neat. You know, uh, I enjoyed it, man. We had fun. Uh, we were laughing, joking, and everything. And and then um, so there were some other, a few other productions we we were on, but um, those those that's like one of the ones where I remember like being the best time of my life, being on a, a movie set or a production set because. Um, before I was going by myself, which was, it was great. You know, it, it was, um, pretty interesting to be in front of the camera, watch everything, how it all worked out. But it was always something lacking and that was family and friends, you know? And once I saw these other extra actors, background extras, when I saw them with their family and friends, they looked all happy. And I felt like that little kid in the playground had no one to play with, you know? So when I had these guys come with me, uh, then I was, you know, the popular kid on the playground. You know, we got to have fun, joke, and, you know, um, it was just a blast. So then comes uh, about two years ago, the Navajo Nation Museum was looking for writers for a show they wanted to do, a pilot show called uh, Res Night Live, which was pretty much like Saturday Night Live, but it was a, a reservation version. And... Um, I was lucky enough to get casted as a writer, and once uh, once I knew that I had my spot, you know, reserved, and I was in there with uh, James Junes and Ernie Sosi and um, that guy who, who's always saying "fucking sick," you know, he, he was in there too, uh, Cody Artist, and um, this other stand-up comedian named Chijba, and this other guy named Isaiah Yazi who does his own, um, I guess, late-night talk show. Uh, type situation well anyways um that was put together by manuelito wheeler and um then i told navajo pedro i said hey look man there's they're, they're going to be doing a show um where we're running out of uh people to act and perform on stage you want to come on in and you know step in and he says well i do but what if they don't want me there so well then you can wait outside you know but um, to my surprise, they let him in and, you know, he became part of the crew and, you know, we were rehearsing for about, oh man, about six months. And then finally in, um, was it July 5th? No, June 5th of 2019. That's when we finally went live in front of everybody. And, um, uh, it was a memorable experience. That was the first time performing in front of a, a live audience. And I mean, the Navajo Pedro, well, I think Navo Pedro has a background in acting, but I mean acting on stage. But that that was the first for me, man. So it was really, it was really something special, and I I enjoyed every moment of it. I mean, I did get stage fright for like a split second, uh, but um, that stage fright just went away when I was like, okay, I'm here to make people laugh. I'm here to make them. I'm here to perform. And when it was all said and done, um, turned out the pilot. For Res Night Live, um, if you want to check it out, it's on YouTube. Just look under Res Night Live. Uh, my skit is the last one. And um, um, I was kind of disappointed because the two actors, they forgot their lines. So I, I had to try to carry them. And then me not having experience being working live in front of an audience to make them laugh. It was quite a challenge for me to remember the lines, feed them their lines, try to make the story go the way I was supposed to and also keep the integrity of the storyline going and it was about the navajo car alarm so anyways now that i've had my say about my background in, in this type of a field um navajo pedro will delight us with his own narrative uh, from his point of view all right well but basically um i went to boarding school see probably like around when i was like around four, five, whatnot, and one was in Sun Valley in Holbrook, and then the other one was at um, AICM in Cholo. And basically, um, those are uh, boarding schools, uh, nonprofit organizations. But um, there, um, it's there that um, you know, I, mean, I did, I got to really grow my, my acting. Basically, got to hone it there, you know. With that one, you know, I mean, like. That Christian school, they did like some plays about Jesus. I remember that was probably my first play was about Jesus and uh, Easter Sunday when he came to Jerusalem. Everyone laid those palm trees down, and just from there, you know, one after another, like just did different plays and 
most of the time I always tried to go for the role that had the most lines and it's just how ambitious I was, you know what I mean? But still, whatever part I had, you know what I mean? I, for some reason, I always seemed to steal, steal the show, you know what I mean? And so, and just people laughing and getting reactions, you know, and that's kind of like got a little high right there, you know what I mean? And that stayed with me, you know what I mean? So all these years, um, I went to high school and I did um, drama class. And then after that, basically um, nothing. Um, so I basically came back and then, yeah, and then what you're saying, when you asked us to uh, go with you to the Longmire, and that one was, that one was a fun experience, and, you know, you didn't have to ask me twice, because just hearing, you know, just being extra, you know, period, just knowing that, I was already hooked, so it was just cool, you know, hanging out, uh, like you said, with Lou Diamond Phillips, A. Martinez, you know what I mean, and some of these native actors that we've seen, I saw like here in different movies like during my life, you know what I mean? Because I watched a lot of, I like westerns too, you know, like Lonesome Dove and whatnot. Um, hey, real quick, real quick. Uh, crazy Navajo Pedro is walking next to Lou Diamond Phillips. He says, la 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 bamba. <laughs> Lou Diamond Phillips is going, he's like, hey, none of that here. He's like, none of that. He's like, I was like, oh shit. He's like, all right, my bad, man. He's like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's what I was going to bring it to. I was like, that's one memory that really stuck with me. It's just that, you know, I just. I just sat down nowhere. He looks at me real quick. No, 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 no. Start no, no, no. that. Yeah, he's like, no, no. Oh yeah, that's what he said. On no, no, no. Don't start that. I was like, and then the other cool thing I got to hear him say when he was later when he was talking to some extras and we're taking a break and he was standing right behind me. Then I just heard him say, "Bust some caps." He's like, that was pretty cool because that's from the big hit and I don't know. That was pretty dope. And just hearing girls, oh, he said it. And it's just, oh. but yeah, it was just. It's cool though, just kicking them. And they're doing like a protest scene out, outside this casino, and we had no idea. We didn't tell us anything. They just told us to stand right here. And then they just said, like, the action. Then we just saw them act, you know what I mean? And we're just like, huh, cool. And we're just like, like, we're watching the speech and whatnot, and act like we're protesting. Then out somewhere's all boom, boom, like two shots. We're like, oh shit. Like, if our reaction was just real. We're like, oh shit. We're just like, <laughs> we're all moving, we're all dodging, and just. Then you hear like they're all cut. They're like, oh shit! They're like, fuck, that was, oh, yeah, that was the scene. I was like, all right. And then after that, that's when we had to recreate everything again, our movement and everything, the way we reacted, and it's just funny that you had to relive that moment, like everything, you know. He's like, what? You wish I did something else different, you know, like reacted different. But oh well. But that's just um how it goes, you know. What I mean, it's pretty cool seeing like your stuff, like seeing yourself on Netflix, you know. What I mean. I might not be the star on there, but I can see myself, you know, in that little moment. But then after that, I believe I did um, Longmire, or not Longmire, um, uh, Better Call Saul. I did, um, I did, uh, I think, one one episode of that one. And that's the Greyhound episode when he ends up on the Greyhound. He travels on Greyhound, I think, from Louisiana somewhere. And uh, everyone ends up um, writing a letter on the bus. And that's what, that's what we did, basically, because... Um, that was just experience though, and seeing that main actor, um, the lawyer dude, um, I don't know his name or his character name, but um, yeah, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, him, that dude, and it was just cool, just kicking it with him all day, and just you know, and just seeing him walk by you, and you know, but uh, I didn't hear it, but I guess they laid some rules down, you know, you can't talk to him and certain stuff, you know, what I mean, can't can't bug him or anything, but um, well, they told me other episodes that they usually told they tell them that, but. Probably because I was there, they didn't. I don't know. Oh yeah, and then after that, uh, last thing would the recent one is we're seeing the Resident Life, all right. And that one I went on with Mateo at because he got on as a writer, and I went with him. Uh, I was just sitting there and you know and they're doing scenes and whatnot and doing their skits and um, basically they needed a stand-in. You know what I mean? Like he said, can someone stand in? And that's basically I was there, so I, I volunteered. And not only that, I think I let them know that if they do need to stand in, I'm available. That's one thing I said too. And they kept that in mind, you know what I mean? And so eventually more of the skits, I ended up being a stand in here and there. And they liked like some of the stuff that, you know, like the lines or whatever. They just liked the, the way I was rolling with it basically. And, you know, and that's basically how I got on as an actor, you know what I mean? So, yeah, and... 
you know, it just it was a pretty cool experience, you know, I mean, just kick with um, James Ernie, like I said, Cody Artis, and Shishba, and everyone else, you know, and the whole crew was cool, you know, it was all native crew, and everyone's just professional, you know, and, and seeing Levi Platero play too, you know, and that was pretty dope. And, I don't know, it's just something that, you know, and that's also cemented, you know, on YouTube, so, so we're, we're on Netflix and YouTube, so look it up. If you, that's why, like, I encourage you guys, if you get a chance to do extra background work, I encourage you to do it, you know, jump on it, you know what I mean? Be opportunities like me and just do stuff, you know, even if you're scared or don't know, just try it at least once, you know what I mean? And, like, this podcast, I never tried it before, you know what I mean? Like, shit, I popped, like, popped my chair, like, four episodes ago. Now, basically, I'm, like, old Cherry Road now, you know what I mean? So, I think that about, um, wraps up everything but that Resonant Live was a really good experience um and it was pretty interesting seeing um skits come alive you know what I mean and I saw yeah I saw how your skit went and I saw how they changed like the main characters you know what I mean? like three or four times I was like they kept rotating it was like it's like to the point where like you know like how was the <laughs> did you guys even settle on the official I don't know well I was confused too and but I'm surprised that you know what I mean? you still held your cool and you know, when I was nervous too, you know, I'm always nervous, you know, when I'm pretty sure when I would perform or whenever I did plays or whatever, you know, and it's just, you know, when don't, don't psych yourself out because you use that, you know, and that's what you use, that's your little adrenaline, your little boost, and all right, well, that's about it, but that about wraps up um, everything with my acting, I believe, and, you know, when I did some more, a lot of different plays, like here and there, different places, um, I also did part of choir so I was just you know what I mean so it was just anything with creating or whatever you know what I, mean? I told you I'm all about it so yep be about yours so basically what uh, Navajo Pedro is saying is if opportunity is not knocking at your door build one and it's that type of reason that uh and prepare for one. Oh, well there you go yeah prepare um so the, the other thing that uh, I want to do on this episode four is to just kind of show that now that, you know, we've shared our uh, experiences in, with, with acting and um, just the other skills like that is that I want to do like a small little improv um, commercial. Um, but just keeping in mind that, uh, you know, we don't have a script, so we're just going to try to do this um, like an improv. But um, the reason why I want to do this is just to illustrate that uh, KTNN, you know, I'm going to keep p picking on these guys because I don't like the way they run their station, any, you know. But anyways, uh, the reason why I want to do this um, is to, sh to illustrate or to show more that we don't know what's going on with KTNN. Um, how did they get these actors anyways to do these commercials for, for COVID-19? I mean, you know, if it's something that serious, shouldn't they... Well, if anything, they should be having actual doctors come out saying the facts about what they've discovered about Navajos and the coronavirus. But since they're not doing it, then it's like, well, then why are you guys hiring actors to do it? And the actors they hire are pretty cheesy, you know? And it just, it just, it's, it's like, was there a casting call? Because I would have went for it. I'm pretty sure Navajo Pedro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he would have went there too, you know? And, you know, and we got back, you know, we have we have a background in uh, acting, whether it's uh, having actual lines like we did in Res Night Live or just being in the background like with uh, Longmire and some of these other shows. But anyways. Um, Use me now. Use this. Yeah. And that's, and see, that's another thing about me and Navo Pedro is that uh, as children, the way we grew up um, is that we have... Um, like like a photographic memory of uh, movies, the the lines that were said, you know, because we really didn't have the luxury of having internet. So, if there was a VHS movie tape that we could play on the VCR, mm -hmm. we'd listen to it and pretty much remember line for line. And lately, I've been really busy with this uh, nonprofit, but I really haven't been paying attention to too much films. But uh, there there's a lot that um, I could probably, um, you know, script. Yeah. I know movie references for days. You know that, right? I'm always caught there you blood go. and blood out. Yeah, yeah. Movie references. That's what I was trying yeah, to say. That's, that's yeah. something. Yeah, sick with the references, man. He's all. That's uh, 
This is the end, you know. So yeah. Stuff like that it pops in my head at the right yeah. moment or wrong moment sometimes, you know. But just how my mind works, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I love movies and, you know what I mean? I watch them, so. Yeah, and so right now we're gonna we're gonna try an improv um, about the. Well, we're, what I'm gonna oh, do? Improv? Who you, Meryl fucking Street? That's <laughs> vacant. Oh yeah, so there you go. Um, so what we're gonna do here is um, do a um, COVID. Um, oh, well, actually, a commercial about wearing your mask. So I'm just gonna pretend like uh, KTNN gave me a script, and then. Um, uh, I guess Pedro will, uh, can he pick of a name? Can he think of a quick res name? Pubert. Pubert, okay. Pubert, and I'll be uh, Ziddy. So so when you refer to me, call me Ziddy, and I'll call you Pubert. All right, let's, let's try this. Um, all right. All right. So KTNN, eat your heart out. All right, here we go. Hey, Pubert, do you have your mask? You need your mask on if you are going to the store because you might spread the coronavirus to other people. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Ziddy. I forgot my mask, but thank you for reminding me. Is there anything else you guys want from the store? All we want for you is to be safe and don't touch other people or don't touch the doorknob. If you do, you have to wipe it down. I know, I know, you don't have to always remind me. I remember to stay two sheet distances apart. Yadallah. All right. Okay, so there's our cheap little improv. Um, now, let's try, uh, just let's go one more, then we'll go on to our next subject, Black Lives Matter. All right, so um, how do you want to do this now? Uh, I'll, I'll let you kind of direct a little bit here. Uh, just say, just do this one real quick, you know what I mean, like a real life one, you know what I mean, like right. how people are just, you know, how you are family and just pretend like they're, everyone's like really antsy and just, you know what I mean, like hurry up, because that's, there, there's no way to, they sound like they got hypnotized or, you know what I mean, just like these got out of an MK Ultra experiment, you know what I mean, so go for it. Like, um, just, just say same thing, but then just say like more. Like you're seeing the family, you know what I mean, oh. and you're just okay. You okay. just want them, these want them to hurry up and go, and they're like right. you're trying to. Then they they don't want you to remind them, you know what I mean, because okay. they already know and just just builds up. Okay. And um, I don't know if you will do names or what. Um. Feels... Uh, well, if you want to go for realism, I was just gonna call you dude. I was like, hey, dude. Man, I'll call you man then. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Hey, dude, come on. Let's go. We're, we're late to go to the store. Hold on, man. I'm trying to wash my hands. What you guys keep telling me to do? Okay, well, we'll be waiting in the car, but make sure you bring some hand sanitizer. Because sometimes these stores, they don't carry it. Yeah, I know. You guys always tell me that. Hey, hey, those are there. You're supposed to play six feet apart. Tell her in the back. Get in the back. Hey, hey, I'm sitting up there. Okay, well then, uh, we'll be waiting in the car, and uh, also, don't forget to bring my face mask for me. I left it right there by the kitchen sink. Ah, fuck. You're always forgetting your mask. Come on, guys. How hard is it? Don't forget your mask. Stay six feet apart and wash your hands. Huh? Oh, chase that Shasta, too. Let's go. All right. <laughs> well, I don't know how that sounds as a commercial, but... Uh, there's our little, there's our little improv. We just wanted to say, KTNN, hell, hire us, man. We'll, we'll do your, uh, we'll do your commercials for you. We can get more educated kind. Yeah, we could, we could, we could change up our characters. We yep. could change our names. We could, uh, if you're going to hire these people just out of nowhere, why not hire us? I mean, we can do all taps. Yeah, and if you, if there's actors you want, well, we're right here. Napunisha. <laughs> And also, just one last thing about, I just want to say about KTNN, because they really bugged the hell out of me, but it's, um, you know, having uh, the current president, Navajo, um, I'm Navajo Nation, yeah, Navajo Nation president, Jonathan Nez, is that uh, with him constantly being out of public eye, and it just seems like he's letting KTNN do all his uh, announcements for him, and... 
And with KTNN, they're kind of getting a big head now, man. They think they're they're they think they're hot stuff. So, I just wanted to say that uh, for anybody else who's running for Navajo Nation president, don't put your faith or your trust into KTNN. They're just going to ruin your administration like they're doing with Jonathan Nez because they think they're in charge. But last thing I remember, nobody voted KTNN as a Navajo Nation president. They voted an actual person. So that that's what I wanted to add on that. He's, he's, Jonathan Nez is probably the type I puff but never inhale. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Okie dokie, so moving on from the silly to the serious. Let's go ahead and um, move on to our ne next subject, which is Black Lives Matter. Brother! And um, this is one subject where I wanted to tackle it from the angle that only I can, I guess, pretty much. Or we can. Um, so going to Black Lives Matter. Now, that whole thing that went on, you know, it had its reasons... It, Black Lives Matter, when it did start, it was it did have its rightful intentions of getting, you know, um, fair, equal treatment. But somewhere along the lines, I don't know who came in, stepped in, and, and changed it, and it became more of a angry protest. Now, us being out here in Clagato on the Navajo Nation, what we see is just basically based off of uh, news media. And since we're not there, we don't really know anybody that lives out in these places where they were doing all these protests that got violent. Um, the only thing I can say is I really don't trust the media when they do that because I, there was probably something else going on, more something more compassionate that was happening behind the cameras that they didn't want to show. And just like what they did with us when CNN came out to the Navajo Nation saying that the coronavirus was so deadly out here, the pandemic was killing everybody. And then when actual help came from uh, California, they were saying, so how bad is the pandemic? I'm like, it's not that bad. You know, it, Clagato has been um, a fighting champion throughout the whole thing. And I know there were some people who were trying to make Clagato the next hot spot. And I was like, nope, that ain't going to happen, buddy. Get it, you know, get your stuff and get out of here because we're not, um, we're not pandering down to the media anymore. We're so we're not going to take so um, with Black Lives Matter, you know, there's probably something that that's going on out there that's more positive about it. But the uh, news media, you know, they just want that that negative that negative impact, just like with uh, how KTNN does it, how Navajo Times does it, how Gallup Independent does it. They all want to look for that negative headline to sell some more of their papers or to get more listeners. But anyways, so. My thought, now this is just me as uh, Mateo Native Ravager, my thought on Black Lives Matter is, uh, it was more, uh, the more I thought about it, the more I thought black arts matters. Because without the arts, who are we as people? You know, uh, as us Native people, we have our art all over the place. We have our music, we have our summer songs, which we can't sing because we can't have ceremonies because not Jonathan Nez... Navajo Nation president outlawed us to have gatherings and performing our ceremonies. So, um, so with the Black Lives or Black Arts, actually, the one I'm geared towards mo most is music because uh, with hip hop, um, hip hop really did change a lot in, in not only in America but on the lives of Navajo people out here. And you know, I used uh, hip hop as uh, like a form of like uh, entertainment as far as like Weird Al goes because I, oh man, I love making fun of that uh, hip-hop culture where everything is so fancy and they got the music videos where everything is just so lavish and exquisite. But I like to take my turn on that, flip it, spin it around and make it more about a Navajo uh, res version. Um, one example is um, DMX when he had that song, Who We Be?, and he was saying, like, it's all about the guns, the armor, the drugs, you know, all that stuff. Mine, I flipped that around, and it was, I, I call it Shadow Wars, because I couldn't remember the title of the original song, but I was more about, it's all about the skin, the walker, the shit, the talker, uh, the ma'is, the tsa'is, um, you know, just words that rhyme together in Navajo. And um, so, 
you know, that that's where hip-hop had helped me out because, you know, I, I got to make fun of that culture. But at the same time, um, you know, growing up in the time of, uh, uh, like, metal music, you know, that's that's what I was raised on. And as I got older, you know, hip-hop was was that form that was coming in and taking taking over. And, uh, yeah, I didn't mind at first. But then after a while, I just thought, oh, this, this music sucks, you know, ah, oh, rap sucks. But now that we are in the year 2020 and you get uh, performers like, what, Takashi 69 and all these lil, lil people that have these MC names, then it's like I kind of regret not really living in that moment of uh, hip-hop back when it was actually getting its, in its prime, actually. And the thing with the hip-hop in its prime, it also made way for a new metal, which... Um, you know, you get bands like Corn and Limp Biscuit, Kid Rock, um, uh, Orgy, maybe Mudvayne, Slipknot. And, you know, the list goes on and on. But they're all inspired or influenced by hip-hop in a way. So when I actually listen to today's rap, or if you call it rap, compared to the 90s rap, you know, they had a lot more to say, especially Naughty by Nature. You know, that hip-hop hooray, that was... Uh, that was quite a, a challenge to listen to the lyrics and try to sing along with it. And then, um, then obviously there's, there's Tupac Shakur. Um, there's also the fat boys. If anybody remembers them back in the eighties, um, Biz Markey, um, Rakim and, um, oh man, um, uh, Snoop Dogg when he was in his, you know, first coming out, you know, obviously NWA, all those guys, that art form, that's where I think, you know, it should be preserved and to be listened to. Just like the music from the 40s, the 50s, the early 1900s, the late 1800s, whatever it is. Um, I think that's more important. And I think those, those, the art matters. The art is what makes the people the people. The art is what has shaped us into who we are now. People are going to be people no matter what. I mean... It was black lives, red lives, yellow lives, brown lives, white lives. All lives, they're, they're going to clash at some point. But it's the art where I think is the, the sacred part of who we are as, as people on this uh, earth. Because if you've ever heard that expression, um, music calms the savage beast or music uh, warms the heart of the savage beast, however you might have heard it. Um, that is true, you know, we all need music to some point to where um, it calms us down, whether you're having a bad day, whether it's just terrible, or whether you're having a fun time, or you're in a romantic setting, whatever it is, music is there, and and as far as um, all these guys tearing down these monuments, you know, it, it's, it's just one of those things where it's human nature, just like what they did back in Egypt when they erased the... Uh, the, the kings and all that that were, um, I mean, the pharaohs, like if they didn't like the way a certain pharaoh was ruling, they erased him from history. Then once you start, um, that that's going to be a subject that I want to cover later on, but not right now. Um, I'm already taking too much time talking about um, the music. But just that's just basically my point. And then one more example of uh, erasing, er, uh, excuse me, erasing history is... Um, what what's going what was going on in Iraq after um, after Saddam was taken down and uh, Syria was kind of rising to power and all this terrorism and stuff, they went to their own national museums and they broke everything. You know they they burned a lot of the stuff and they were just I don't know just erasing their own history for some reason. But for us Navajos, we yeah we, we're we're kind of silly in a way to where we could speak a lot of negative stuff but if we were to actually go into a navajo museum like over in window rock and start smashing and, and burning our own our own uh history we would feel pretty bad afterwards you know um and it not only that but it has an effect on us to where it, it is a living breathing entity the way we treat everything in uh, in this world but uh, for us to do what they are, what those people were doing in the Middle East and destroying their own um, their own history, oh man, that's just that's just like so wicked. I don't know of any Navajo that would really be willing to smash up uh, a 
any potteries or burned pictures of their grandmothers. It's just pretty wicked scene. So, skinwalker. Yeah, then you're pretty much considered a skinwalker at that point. So that's where I'm saying as far as Black Lives Matter, you know, I really can't speak too much on it, but the black arts matter. And the art that matters to me from the black people is the music. And it, it's really helpful and it's really helped me along through the years. And, um, you know, I appreciate it. You know, uh, I used to hate hip hop. I used to hate rap. I, you know, I, I would say so much negative things about it, but truthfully, it was it was very fun to listen to because of the beats and the way it sounds. And it, you know, still being a child in a way where it's like a lullaby and it has a certain rhythm to it that, like a like a clock when it when it has that little pendulum swinging back and forth. You know, enough to calm down a child. Um, but anyways. So that, that's my take on Black Lives Matter, and now Navo Pedro, he'll pull in his part. Alrighty, well, Black Lives Matter. Alright, well, everything that's going on right now, you know, that sucks, you know, in my hearts. With everyone out there that's, you know, getting harassed and that's not being heard, you know what I mean? And it's just something that's been going on for the longest time, and I'm glad it's finally being addressed and changes inevitable, you know, it's going to happen one way or another, and this clash of colors and whatnot, you know, that's, um, just something that we have, that happened, you know, I mean, in human nature, because we were natives, you know, we had our own tribes, we had our own, um, even our own tribes had their own, um, people too, you know, I mean, they had their own groups within their tribe, and, you know, I mean, um, that just shows you, like, you know, I mean, that there's no... There's no, like, one way we'll actually all get along, you know what I mean? Because we'll always find something to get mad about or, you know, there's always something, you know, it, it's a balance, you know what I mean? And if it's too much corruption and everything, it's only natural that people will resist and fight back. And I'm glad it's happening now. I'm glad that a lot of people are getting outed. I'm glad that hopefully they're making KKK a terrorist group, you know, about time. And um, what you're saying about art, yeah, a lot of it, um, you know, it has to do with hip-hop and black people, their art, and that goes back, like, in Africa days, the bongos and everything, the tribes, you know what I mean, the voodoo, like, the stuff like that, like, they used tribal drums and everything to do ceremonies, and, you know, that came over here to, you know, to where, um, they still had it in them, you know, from Robert Johnson playing guitar, and just naturally, you know, these gave, you know, what Paul Mooney said, gave Gave them style, the flavor, you know what I mean, and it's you know um, they really they really um affected America in a big way, their culture and everything, you know what I mean, um by like you said hip hop and then like graffiti, street art, and then dancing, you know, beatbox or b boys and stuff like that, and yeah, I mean that's that's just something that's embedded in all of us is that you know I mean, that that music that um that freedom of speech and everything like we all want to. You know, we all want to unify, and we all want to, like, if you go to a music festival, you know, there's all types of people all around you, you know, different shades, different colors, and, you know, and most, most of the time, you know, you don't care about them, you know, I mean, you're not even there for them, you know, I mean, you're there for whatever, your favorite band or something, you know, what I mean, and, yeah, um, yeah, that's, the hip-hop and everything, you know, I mean, that's something that's really, I'm thankful for, too, you know, I mean, because that's something I like to use every now and then, you know, I, mean, I like to, Low freestyle or write or something and you know I like to tag I like to draw too you know what I mean and you know just and just being a native you know that's just how we naturally are is we have naturally have we're just naturally gifted like that you know I mean? with um, rhythm and everything drums powwow you know I mean? just song and dances you know we all we all move to the same beat you know what I mean just just like um just like the black lives you know and um and like I was saying, how it goes back to Africa, a lot of people think that, you know, when they said that Africa was the birthplace of everyone, but now actually, they're finding out it's probably um, Australia, that one big loaf looking rock. You know, I mean, it just seems like the same story with them as with us natives, you know, I mean, people just take and take and take, you know, from, and get nothing back, you know what I mean? And just, um, I was like you too, you know what I mean? Like hip hop, I was like, ah, you know what I mean? Like back in the day when Tupac, everyone's still alive, Wu-Tang, like everyone's kicking ass. And I was like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, 
I was pretty much like humbugging everyone too, you know what I mean? I was just like that for the longest time with music too, you know what I mean? But, uh, but like you, you know what I mean? I eventually, some songs hit me and whatnot, and I just, you know, I gave into his power because there's a lot of power in it, you know what I mean? And we all, we all have the story and they're, you know, the black movement, Tupac told, those stories pretty good and very, you know I mean? He started a revolution basically and that's why he got taken out, you know, and people who, Rise above and start a movement always get taken out. You know, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, JFK. People who are big thinkers and try to help people think and expand their minds. Those are the ones that end up. Tesla. Yeah, Tesla, you know, I mean, a lot of really, they're just discredited. They're just not given, you know, they're just really put down to where, you know, they're just shamed basically and they're not given credit. And that's, that's, I think, that's one of the things I want to say about this Black Lives Matter is because, yeah, it does, you know, I mean, you know, right from wrong, you know, in mean, our tribes and everything, our societies, we all knew that before, you know, I mean, that's why we had our own war. There's never, like, really one big leader, one big chief, everything was a majority, everything was a council, everything, they had the war delegates, they had the elders, they had, you know, I mean, they had the soldiers, and everything was set up like that, and ranks, and, you know, we're good in that society, even if we had war with one another, we still did it without going overboard, without overtaking, without industrializing, you know what I mean? We lived in harmony, everything was balanced, but when things get imbalanced and a lot of stuff like this will happen and a lot of animosity will rise in the air, so on my Black Lives Matter, that's what I'm saying about this. What I'm saying about that is that yes, they do, and you know what I mean? And I'm just saying that, you know what I mean? If it has a soul, if it has free will, if it can distinguish between wrong and right, you know what I mean? Then may just have a chance season but now but um that's the thing i'll say about black lives matter and black La order art too you know what i mean because i'm really influenced by that and i'm thankful for it and you know what i mean and yeah I mean, yeah so thank you instead of just taking and just using just yeah <laughs> Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know.